then maybe we'll have fun with this. All right, good morning. My name is Steve Hyduke, which is spelled Hey Duck. But now that you've heard it's pronounced Hyduke, if you say it Hey Duck on a day that we're talking about hospitality, if I notice that you say it wrong, I might not feel very welcomed. However, with a name like spelled Hey Duck, I don't tend to notice how people pronounce it so much that people then say, did I say that right? And I'll have to say, you have to say it again, because I don't know, because it comes in so many different pronunciations. Many of you have names that are like that. In fact, I've heard people um, say the same thing with names that seem so obvious and simple. And after a while, you just don't make a big deal about it anymore, usually, because you want to be hospitable. You want to express hospitality. Well, we at Ovilla United Methodist Church are all about hospitality, so today I thought we'd present hospitality in a different, a creative way that, that, that helps us think about how we welcome others with hospitality. That's others that are already a part, others that we're familiar with, people we know, people whose faces we know, and there's no better Sunday to talk about hospitality than on the Sunday that we've been told if you're fully vaccinated, there's no need to wear a mask anymore. So what do we do with church? Well, many of you, I've noticed, have decided, well, I'm going to wear a mask today anyway. And some of you have decided, well, I don't have to wear a mask because CDC guidelines, etc. And we're about hospitality. So we're not going to judge anybody about what their mask practices are because we want to practice hospitality. Right? Because we want the people around us to know that this God who we serve and we worship and who has called us to follow Jesus um, is the kind of God who uh, there's no shadow he won't light up. There's no mountain he won't climb up. There's no wall he won't kick down. That's my favorite of those little fours. There's no lie he won't take down coming after us. And we know it's not just us, but it's, it's everybody. So... I thought, what's a better way to look at hospitality than to look at examples of hospitality in the Bible, and we're going to do it in the form of an awards show. So today, we're going to look at some examples of hospitality in the Bible, and these numbers. Now, we won't talk about every story in the Bible that is, has something to do with hospitality, because you could probably find a way to make every story in the Bible about hospitality. We won't talk about all of them, but... The staff at Bread and Waterhouse has called down the most representative examples and given us the top three in six different categories of hospitality in the Bible. The categories are worst example of hospitality by a male, worst example of hospitality by a female, best example of hospitality by a male, worst example of hospitality by a female, and finally, in case anybody doesn't feel included in those categories, Worst example of hospitality by a community and best example of hospitality by a community. Now, these will come from the scriptures. I will not read in depth at length scriptures to you for all of them, but we're going to start with worst hospitality by a male. Now, if you still have your connection card at ovillaumc.org connect, feel free to share your votes on these or your favorite stories that, were, that didn't make the final cut. And we'll be happy to include those in, the next, in preparation for the next award show. But for now, the three choices before us for worst example of hospitality by a male 
are. Number one, Cain. I mean, it's what, four chapters into the Bible? And all the details we have, well, honestly, all the details we need are there were two brothers. Right? If you have a brother, you know that's all the information you need to know what happens next. But we're also given the story that, that they both gave an offering to God, and God preferred Abel's over Cain's, and the next thing we know, Cain kills his brother. I hope we're all clear that murder is a horrible example of hospitality. Okay, who's number two for worst hospitality by a male? Number two is Pharaoh. Pharaoh. You feel threatened because there's a, a, a race of people living in your land and they're so successful at that be fruitful and multiply thing that they're outnumbering your own people so you enslave them. Pharaoh. Why do we have a song with your name in it? And Pharaoh, if that weren't enough, not only do you enslave them, but then you decide they're still growing, and you decide then, Pharaoh, that, okay, well, don't let any more baby boys be born, or if they're born, kill them. Pharaoh, what kind of hospitality is that to people who are living in your land because they came here because of a famine several generations ago? <clears throat> Our third example of worst hospitality by a male, Nabal. Now, I want to share you some of Nabal's story. It's in 1 Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 25. You ever start looking up a story in one of the Samuels, and on your way there you think, wait, is it 1 Samuel or 2 Samuel? Only me? Okay. All right. First Samuel, David is king. All right, Samuel has just died. There's a man in Maon who did business in Carmel, Carmel probably. He was a very important man and owned 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. At the time, he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. The man's name was Nabal and his wife's name was Abigail. She was an intelligent and attractive woman, but her husband was a hard man who did evil things. Okay, doesn't sound very hospitable so far. He was a Calebite. While in the wilderness, David heard that Nabal was shearing his sheep. So David sent ten servants telling him, go up to Carmel. When you get to Nabal, greet him and say this to him. Peace be to you, your household, and all that is yours. I heard that you are now shearing sheep. As you know, your, your shepherds were with us in the wilderness. We didn't mistreat them. Moreover, the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs went missing. That sounds a little heavy-handed to me, like, hey, uh, you had protection and you didn't know it. But that's a whole other story. We didn't mistreat them. Moreover, the whole time they were, nothing of theirs went missing. Ask your servants. They will tell you the same. So please receive these young men favorably because we've come on a special day. Please give whatever you have on hand to your servants and to your son, David. But, I'm skipping a little bit, but Nabal answered David's servants, who is David? Who is Jesse's son? There are all sorts of slaves running away from their masters these days. Why should I take my bread, my water, and my meat I've butchered from my shears and give it to people who came here from who knows where? So David's young servants turned around and went back the way they came. When they arrived, they reported every word to David. 
Now, Nabal knew, as well as anybody in this day knew, it was an ancient Near Eastern practice to treat with hospitality, to offer hospitality to any traveler that might be coming your way, friend or foe, you don't know. Now, obviously, they've come at you with guns blaring. You'd think, what are these guns? We don't have those yet. And then you'd think, okay, I'm not going to treat you hospitably. But if they come in peace, you treat, treat them with hospitality, no matter what. You don't ask if they're friend or foe. So Nabal, dude, you lose. Okay, so these are our top three categories. Now, the people at Bread and Waterhouse have in this sealed envelope, given us the winner of the first category. Do I have a volunteer who would like to come up and read the winner of the first category, best, worst hospitality by mail? Did I see a hand? I see one hand back there. Michael, come on up. Michael, are you okay holding a microphone while you read? I'll hold the microphone for you. Okay, the award for worst hospitality by a male goes to... Cain, you had one brother, an 11, and his offering being accepted, but yours not justifying murder. We can... We can do better, Cain. We can do better, but we don't always. Lord, help us at least treat those close to us with the love and respect to your children. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right, the next category is, wor wait, worst hospitality shown in the Bible by a female. Now, I have to tell you, it's harder to find female examples in the Bible. And we're not going to get into that much today, although that might be a topic of hospitality. Anyway, here are the three finalists for the category of worst hospitality by a female. Are you ready? Number one, Sarah. So, Sarah, these three men, or are they angels? Or is it God and two accompanying? The scripture's not entirely clear on that. But these three guys come up, and you and your husband Abraham welcome them. And you even make bread for them, and everything's great. But then one of them says, Sarah, you're going to have a child, and you laugh at him. And then he says something, Sarah, you laughed. And you say, no, I didn't laugh. And then he, or as the scripture now makes it clear, God says, Oh, you laughed. Sarah, is that any way to treat guests? I mean, on the scale of Pharaoh and Cain and Nabal, this is nothing, right? But, but also, Sarah, it's God. And you're laughing at God, and then you're denying to God that it laughs. Sarah, that gets you on our list. Wouldn't make the list if you were a male, but here we go. Second contestant. Finalist in worst example by female of hospitality by female, JL, Jael. So, such a little bit of the story in the scriptures about her. But Jael, her story is in Judges chapter 4, under, under the story of Deborah. And you all know Deborah. Deborah is someone who the book of Judges tells us was both a prophet 
and a judge in Israel. There's only one other person in all of Israel who is a prophet and a judge, and that's Samuel. So, so is Deborah on the level of Samuel? Again, a discussion for another day because this is hospitality. So under Deborah's leadership, Jael finds herself in a tent with Sisera. And Sisera is, I believe, the Ammonite king who is really giving trouble to the Israelites. And so Jael decides, because she has the opportunity and he's the bad guy, to kill him by putting a nail through his head. Yeah, she's, uh, she's got a hammer in her hand in this picture, which is a later painting. This is not a photograph from the actual Judges 4 era. I just want you to know that. Jael, again, ancient Near Eastern hospitality practices are you treat everybody with hospitality, which generally includes not nailing their head to the ground. This definitely gets you on the list, Jael. You're a finalist. All right, our third finalist for worst hospitality by a female is way over in the New Testament. It is Sapphira. You remember Sapphira, right? This is fairly early in the story of the church. And it, we're told in a couple places that, that the way the church is, is living at this time, it's like they are actually living as the body of Christ. Everybody brings everything they have and shares it with everybody else, we're told. If somebody has a need and somebody else has a means to fulfill it, it's just taken care of, which ought to make our best hospitality, but that's later. So in the midst of that environment, when there's all this social, probably social pressure or peer pressure, Ananias and Sapphira, both, and again, this didn't get Ananias on the list, but it gets Sapphira on the list. They come in and they make an offering that's to, to support the church, to be part of the church. But here's the deal. They brought an offering, and it wasn't all they had. But so far in Acts, we're four chapters in, it doesn't say everyone has to bring everything they have. It just says that's the practice. And the problem was they presented what they offered, and they said, yeah, this is all we have, but it wasn't. And so they lied to the community. They misrepresented themselves and their offering to the community and to God. And Sapphira, you died on the spot. The message of hospitality given to the church, I think, there is, as hard as it is, church, we, we have to live the kinds of the way with each other that we can trust and believe one another. And it's really hard. And Sapphira is not an example by which anyone up here ought ever to say, and so if you lie to the church or to God, God will strike you dead. But I think it is a pretty clear example that in the community that is the church, man, we got to find ways not to lie to each other and not to lie to God. So there are three I have in here from our tallying sources at Bread and Waterhouse, Inc., the winner of the worst hospitality by a female would, do I have a volunteer to come up and share who wins the award? Any volunteers? Anyone? Anyone? Okay, I see one right over here. Come on up, Garrett.
see, this should be painless for you because everybody that you can see, and in fact, this is on the internet, so everybody in the world can see this, and they're all rooting for you. Okay? All right. You want me to hold the, the microphone for you? Okay. Go ahead. All right. The winner of Worst Hospitality by a Female is... Sapphira. Sapphira. Oh, Sapphira, we all lied to God, but to make a big show if it lying to everyone else too. Yes, everyone else was sharing fully and freely. Better to admit you're not ready for that than to lie to God and everyone else. God, help us recognize that the way we treat those around us is the way we treat you. Amen. Thank you, Garrett. Give it up for Garrett, folks. All right, that's enough of those, well, almost enough of those bad negative categories. We're going to go on now to best examples of hospitality. So the best example of hospitality by a male. Again, the three finalists are, number one, the Good Samaritan, whose story you heard Julia read this morning. Jesus tells this story in answer to the question, who is my neighbor? And Jesus tells the story of well, you're not going to like it, person who asked me who is my neighbor, but it's one of those people that you think is a half-breed and not welcome here and God's kind of iffy on. And that is the one who showed this guy that was beaten and robbed and left half dead enough care not just to bandage his wounds and get him up from the side of the road, but also to take him to an inn and offer to pay for any additional treatment he might need. Good Samaritan, teach us. Example number two of best hospitality shown by a male is Zacchaeus, also in Luke's gospel. Maybe Luke's trying to tell us something here. Zacchaeus, you know, is a tax collector. So I would imagine in Jesus' day, if there was anything worse to God's people than a Samaritan, it would be a tax collector. Because the tax collectors, man, you're one of us um, by breed or race or something, but you're serving Rome. How could you do that? But... Zacchaeus, a tax collector, hears that Jesus is coming to town and runs ahead and climbs up into a tree. And we all read this so that we can teach the kids the song this way, that Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. And so he had to climb in the tree to see Jesus. I hear there's a way to read that text that says maybe Jesus wasn't so tall. And if that blows your mind because you see Jesus as this strapping linebacker-sized guy, I don't know what to do with that. But they didn't have football at the time, so it doesn't really matter. But Zacchaeus wanted so badly to see Jesus, though he's a tax collector, that he climbed a tree so that he could see Jesus. And Jesus, in response, as Jesus was wont to do, said to Zacchaeus, I'm having dinner at your house today. Now, it's hard to show hospitality, perhaps, if someone with an entourage, no less, invites himself to your house for dinner. However, Zacchaeus didn't balk at that at all. In fact, Zacchaeus, in response to the presence of Jesus, said, Luke 19, 8, Look, Lord, I give half my possessions to the poor, and if, if I have cheated anyone, I repay them four times as much. Now, we tend to read that as though Zacchaeus is a horrible person because he's a tax collector, and he's saying this because he's obviously cheated anyone. We don't know for sure that he's cheated anyone, but he says here that if he has, he repays 
four times. I don't know about you, I tend to read on Zacchaeus, well, of course you're cheating people. You're a tax collector, which is not actually very good hospitality. So, Zacchaeus, teach me some hospitality. Best hospitality by a male. Number three, Jesus. I mean, come on, people. Do I need to say? If I start giving examples, I, if I wrote them down, I suppose the world would not contain all the examples that could be given. I mean, yeah, Jesus is the host because Jesus created the world, but comes into the world as though he's the guest and he's treated really generally pretty poorly as the guest, though he's actually the host. And he responds the way he responds. These are our three finalists for best hospitality by mail. Do I have a volunteer to read the winning choice? Winning award. If I if I, I I've got I've got I got three more, so all right, Jim, come on up. Is it okay, guys, if I keep turning this mic on and off? All right. I don't always check things with my media people. They're very, they're, they're very hospitable. I'm gonna take this one. The better to hear you with. All right. Here is our choice of the winner of best male hospitality. Okay, drum roll, people. Come on. And the winner is... This is amazing. Jesus! Woo. This was really no contest. Though there are stories throughout the scriptures of men and women and children and whole communities acting with hospitality. Jesus, willing to die at the hands of all of us guests in the world you created, we thank you. Amen. All right. Thank you, Jim. All right, best example of hospitality by a female. Are you ready? Now, again, there are not nearly as many of these in Scripture as there are of males. So best example of hospitality by a female, the widow of Zarephath, partly because I wanted to say Zarephath. Anyway, you know, it's in 1 Kings 17, Elijah goes and, and there's no rain in the land and Elijah is sent to this place and he finds a widow who doesn't have enough food or water for herself and her only son, and yet she shares them with Elijah, the man of God. And she doesn't know this at the time because she's motivated by wanting to be hospitable, but this, is, this good turn, this hospitality, is repaid to her because um, later in that story, her son dies, and Elijah, by the power of God, is able to raise her son. So, widow of Zarephath, we applaud your showing incredible hospitality to Elijah when you didn't have enough for yourself you shared with the stranger thank you widow example number two best hospitality by a female is Rahab you've heard of Rahab she lived in the wall of Jericho you may also know Rahab was a prostitute I won't go too much into that or into why the two spies that were sent into Jericho found their way to the house of the prostitute that was in the wall of Jericho because we're focusing today on the best hospitality by a female. And whatever else you might think of Rahab or people with her profession, Rahab 
played a role in saving God's people because she made it so that those spies could get out of the city without being caught. In fact, the scriptures give Rahab so much credit that she is added to the genealogy of Jesus. So Rahab, all of us who count ourselves among God's people, we thank you for your hospitality when some of us might have expected uh, differently. Example number three, best hospitality by a female, Abigail. Now, I stopped that story of, of Nadab right at the right point that, that David sent his men. And Nadab says, well, why should I help you? I don't know you. There's slaves on the run all over the place around here. Forget it. So, one of Nabal's servants, I'm picking up in 1 Samuel 25, told his wife, Abigail, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, but he just yelled at them. I'm skipping down. Abigail quickly took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep ready for cooking, five sayas of roasted grain, and 100 raisin cakes and 200 fig cakes. She loaded all this on a donkey and told her servants, go on ahead of me. I'll be right behind you. But she didn't tell her husband, Nabal. As she was riding her donkey going down the trail, David and the soldiers appeared descending towards her. David is sending men to kill Nadab because of his horrible hospitality. So when Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey, fell face down on, uh, before him, bowing low to the ground. Put the blame on me, my master. But please, let me, your servant, speak to you directly. She explained that her husband had misspoken mistakenly. And David says, Bless the Lord, the God of Israel, who sent you to meet me today, and bless you in your good judgment for preventing me from shedding blood and taking vengeance into my own hands today. The act of hospitality can prevent acts of evil. So thank you, Abigail, for your stunning example of hospitality. Is there another volunteer in the house for reading the best example of female hospitality? Yes? Come on up. All right, the five billion people in the world who are on the internet are all cheering for you right now. You ready? Okay. All right, best female hospitality. No way. Okay, will you read that for us? Rahab. Very good. Okay, that, that's a lot of words. You want me to finish the words, read all the rest of the words for you? Can everybody give you a hand first for your willingness to come up here? An incredible act of, God, of hospitality that helped a young nation of God's people begin to realize the vision God had for them, and all while in a profession too many of us wouldn't give the time of day to. God, we thank you that you see the heart, and we invite you to work in our hearts today. Amen. All right. Thank you very much. All right, just two more categories. The first category, because we're going to do the worst before we do the best, because we want to finish on a, on a positive note, is worst 
Example of hospitality by a community. Now, you can probably think, if you know anything of the Bible, you can think of quite a few examples of this. We've winnowed it down to three. And again, ovillumc.org slash connect. Share with us the one that you think should be in the finals next time. So, example number one is Egypt. Egypt, we're holding all your collective hospitality against you, even though it was your leader, Pharaoh, that's, that since Nuremberg, that's not really an excuse, Egypt, because you all followed right along with enslaving this one race of people, and you bought into the whole, yeah, let's drown their, kill their first, their, their male babies. So Egypt, <sighs> horrible hospitality. Enough that you and your leader, Pharaoh, you get a double mention in this award ceremony. Worst example of hospitality by community number two is Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah, you may not have known of the bargaining that Abraham did on your behalf in the chapter before we find out uh, yeah, that's not the way this story should have gone. Abraham talked God down to just 10 faithful people in the whole city. And yet, Sodom and Gomorrah, you are utterly destroyed because Ezekiel tells us, so I don't put words in the mouth of Ezekiel, I'll start in verse 48. Chapter 16 of Ezekiel. As surely as I live, says the Lord God, not even your sister Sodom and her daughters did what you and your daughters have done. Ooh, he's talking to God's people here. He says, this is the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were proud. They had plenty to eat and they enjoyed peace and prosperity, but she didn't help the poor and the needy. They became haughty and did detestable things in front of me. And I turned away from them as soon as I saw them. Now, like many of these other stories, we could spend some time talking about this. But it's enough that Ezekiel identifies the sin of Sodom as really being horrible hospitality. Worst hospitality by community. Finalist number three, Jacob's sons. Now, collectively, size-wise, this seems like, why, why is that even included? You'd have to ask the bank of experts that made the final choices. But Jacob's sons, you remember this story. One of them was more loved by his father. And in those days, families didn't all function as well as one might think they ought to. And the father lavished more love on one of the sons than on all the others. And back then again, sometimes the other siblings didn't like that all that much. And it didn't help that Joseph, the one that Jacob really showed all this love to, liked to flaunt it at his brothers. You know, if you have siblings, how that feels. Because we've all probably made up stuff if there's not any in reality. But again, what did Jacob's sons do about that with their brother? Oh, they sold him off into slavery to a bunch of traveling guys and then told their dad that he had been killed. Jacob's sons, that seems extreme enough to me since I have two brothers that I can understand why this was chosen as one of the finalists. 
Because maybe hospitality is something that we consider first among those closest to us. But I don't know. I don't know what the finalist, uh, what, what the award winner is. Do I have a volunteer to help us learn who wins the award of worst community hospitality? I see a lot of people looking at other people. <laughs> Mostly, honestly, it's parents looking at their children. But, you know, I have my own children and I'm trying real hard not to look at them. So I'll do this one, unless somebody else is going to. I've got one more. I really want somebody else to do the last one. So if there's one more person willing to, to get up here in front of the world that is the Internet, again, there's only probably five out of seven billion people in the world that can see this. So, you know. Okay, so the winner of Worst Hospitality by Community is Jacob Sons. Okay. Boys will be boys, not if it goes so far as to sell one of your brothers off and tell them, your father that he died. God of heaven, may we treat our brothers and sisters with the hospitality due all people created in your image. Amen. All right, final category. Best example of hospitality by a community. First example, the delivered slaves. Because, here's the deal. If, if you read, if you get, you know, you start each year. I'm going to read through the whole Bible this year. By now, you're way past this. Most of us get through Genesis maybe, and it's like, oh, there's so many begats here. I don't know if I can do this. But if you get into Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy and Numbers, you find this rich story with a lot of hard-to-understand things, but if there's one thing that's clear, it's that God's people who are slaves in Egypt, thanks Pharaoh and Egyptian people, and then God delivers them with some incredibly miraculous events, and then God has Moses start teaching them how they're to live now that they aren't slaves anymore. And they've been enslaved for generations, so they have no idea how to live as a people when they get to live without their masters telling them. So God gives them this structure by which they are to live. And one of the things that they're to remind each other constantly is, once I was a slave in Egypt, to remind them how to treat other people. And regularly throughout the scriptures, it's, for the alien, the widow, and the orphan, you take care of them. You farmers, you don't go over your field twice to harvest. You leave what you don't get the first time for the aliens, the widows, and the orphans so that they can have enough to eat. And in the grand scheme, and God's people never got to this. So every seven years, there was to be a, a year of, of Sabbath. And so they were to, to farm the heck out of the land for six years, and the seventh year, do no work. And they, the farms would produce enough to feed them a seventh year. So after seven, seven years, they were to take an, the 49th year off and the 50th year. And the 50th year, all debts were canceled. Everybody who had sold, them sold themselves off into slavery or servanthood was free. Everything went back to zero. Because the delivered slaves were to have this land that everybody in the world would know by its hospitality. 
Finalist number two, the church at Philippi. Now, you know, Paul loved the churches that he started and that he visited. But it seems from the scriptural record that he particularly loved the church in Philippi. Just an example. you, you got to read the whole letter to see how much love Paul had for the church in Philippi. And in fact, the story of the founding of that church in Acts chapter 16 is also inspiring. So, Paul says to these folks, I thank my God every time I mention you in my prayers. I'm thankful for all of you every time I pray. And it's always a prayer full of joy. I'm glad because of the way you have been my partners in the ministry of the gospel from the time you first believed until now. I'm sure about this. The one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job by the day of Jesus Christ. Day of Christ Jesus, I'm sorry. I have good reason to think this way about you all because I keep you in my heart. You all are my partners in God's grace, both, before, both during my time in prison and in defense and support of the gospel. God is my witness that I feel affection for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. Finalist number three. Okay, we cheated a little bit on this one. Because Avila United Methodist Church is not specifically mentioned in the Bible. I don't even know if there's a Greek word for Ovilla. But we're talking about hospitality because this is like the end of our discussion about practices of Easter. Because we have this, this beautiful story of forgiveness of sins and freedom to live life in the kingdom of God that started with the resurrection. It doesn't start sometime after we die. It's already started, and we put it into practice. And we put it into practice with simple things like prayer and fasting and scripture reading and worship and Sabbath. And there are many other practices. But one of the foundational practices is hospitality. And I've heard stories from many of you in the last nine or ten months that you are part of this church because you felt welcome here. Welcome, welcome in a way that made you want to stay here, that made you want to be here, that made you want to be a part of the life of this church and made you want to express that same hospitality to others. I'm sure... That's what the team was thinking when they included Ovilla UMC in the finalists. So, the winner of the Best Hospitality in a Community Award is in this envelope. And I would love to have a volunteer come and read it. I see a hand not to be outdone by her sister. Sister brought her dad, so sister brings her mom. I love the way this works. All right, can I give one of you the mic to hold and one of you the envelope to read? All right, who's the winner? To be determined. Oh. The United Methodist Church has some wonderful acts of hospitality in her past and many more to come. May we be inspired by the stories of hospitality in the scriptures and in our own lives. May we reflect 
on failures in Scripture and in our lives and learn from them that we might practice Easter every day and thereby let our lights shine in the darkness of the world. Amen. Thank you all very much.